Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Sarah Collins. So Sarah works with me at the Beyer Group, and we have been working on and off for the past 10 years. She's been back at the Beyer Group for a little over a year. And we're going to do these types of episodes about once a month where we're just going to pop on and just discuss what's happening in the social media, public relations, and business world. Today, we touch on topics such as self-care and what businesses are doing to market themselves in this time of uncertainty and challenge that 2020 has brought us in many different ways. So Sarah and I catch up and talk about digital detox secrets, social PR secrets, and more. So welcome, Sarah, and namaste. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. And I'm super excited to have Sarah Collins, formerly Sarah Van Elzen, as my guest today. Sarah and I go way back, and we'll talk about it now. Hey, Sarah. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. So I'm here in Florida. Sarah's coming in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And just to give a little bit of background, we um, have been working together for over 10 years off and on. But Sarah, I'm going to let you just share a little bit about your background and where you are today with the with the buyer group because we talk every day because we work together now. Yeah, it's funny you you introduced me as Sarah Collins, formerly Sarah Van Elzen, because my SEO used to be Prime Shape as Sarah Van Elzen, and now Sarah Collins, much more general. And I do not return for a search for Sarah Collins, unfortunately, even though all the tactics I have tried to make that happen. So. Yeah, I um, have worked with Lisa a very long time, um, right after college. We worked together right when social media was just becoming able for brands to use. Business pages had just launched. You know, at that point, we were like tweeting press releases, <laughs> and the world has, has changed quite quite a bit since then. And I, I think that'll be kind of how we paint today's conversation is just where the world's at and how we're seeing social evolve and content evolve and brands point of view evolve. It's, it's been, I would, I would say, you know, in the social media world, we've seen, it feels like 50 years of progression. And in these last, what, three months, I, I would say it's felt like another two years progression. So uh, we're on an accelerated mission to the moon. Yeah, totally. It's with we've been on a roller coaster too. <laughs> this roller coaster that goes like way up and then like way down. Um, yeah. But but yeah. So we um, Sarah's been back working with me at the buyer group for about a year, and she went on maternity leave right around February. So she missed the whole beginning of the pandemic, being on the front lines with work. But luckily, she was. Um, you were able to kind of like enjoy mommyhood in a time when. <laughs> it wasn't that yes. fun being on the front lines, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, now you've been back and we both actually just finished, or I'm in the middle of doing a detox. So tell me about your detox. How did that go? Well, it was 10 days and it was much needed, you know, after kind of having a newborn and then being stuck inside and given Wisconsin weather, um, this spring, it was much needed and, I just, I like to do them at least once a year to kind of clear my mind, clear my body. It's just a nice reset to, you know, not have the crutch to fall back on of a glass of wine or, you know, three. And um, 
I just feel so much lighter in my, in my thoughts. And um, it just kind of helps reset how you take your day on. You know, I'm not starting it really habitually with a glass full of coffee and sugar. And I'm not ending it with a glass full of, um, you know, depressant and a sugar. So it went great. Um, I'm still doing the shakes every morning. Um, my husband is not, but <laughs> I, I would, I would be on it full time if I could, if I, if I didn't love wine that much. <laughs> yeah. The wine part is really hard. Ironically, we both started our detox around the same time and we didn't plan it. But the reason why I went on mine was because just, I didn't realize how much stress, physical stress, the pandemic and working from home and being stuck at home really did to me, like physically and emotionally. And, you know, we both do yoga. I didn't do yoga once for, I went back my first time last week. So that was like three months without doing yoga. And I just had my blood work done and my doctor was just like, you just need to do a gut detox and just cleanse your body and get back into moving more. So mine is four weeks. So I'm in my second week. I finished my second week, but I've cheated a little bit. I had a glass of wine over the weekend, and, but I'm dairy free, gluten free. Um, what else free? Supposedly alcohol free, sodium free. I'm only eating certain meats, like just organic, all organic chicken, turkey, just fish. And I feel really, really good. And I'm doing the shakes that is the cleanse for the liver. So mm -hmm. um, I'm excited just to get over the next two weeks and see how I feel. No sugar too, right? Yeah, no sugar, for sure. No sugar. And that part isn't that hard for me because I really don't have, like, besides wine, like, I don't, I don't crave sugar at all. Oh, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, have, I was off all of those things, plus caffeine, plus alcohol too. So but 10 days, that was, that was a good restart. And now we're at least in Wisconsin at a point where the economy is opening a little bit and we're having some nice weather finally. So I'm happy to be off it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's talk about that and businesses and opening up in different states and what it's like. I know that you and your husband also have a couple of businesses that you guys were shut down. And now what's happening in Wisconsin and how are businesses coming back to life? It's been really interesting to see it unfold. Um, initially, we had a um, 45-day lockdown. At the end of that, it was extended another month. So um, at May 24th is when it was supposed to open, and um, they didn't open it again. And now, as of the last few weeks, it's been slowly unrolling where you know daycares can be open. That was the first of the month. Um, unfortunately, the way that the city of Milwaukee is compared to the rest of the state. Milwaukee is the epicenter of COVID. Um, you know, we're 90% of the cases are in where we live and where our businesses are. So, um, you know, kind of the way everything came together with, with the protests too, it turned into a really unique situation for the city where the mayor of Milwaukee finally decided to open everything up and, only give business owners uh, 24 hours, less than that I can do is 22 hours advance notice to open up. So um, we're just kind of in the middle of a lot of business owners feeling like they don't have the resources and they weren't, you know, didn't have the time to order the supplies to keep the sanitation to the standards that we'd want it to be. And 
some businesses are on the complete other side of that. So, you know, Milwaukee has suburbs that a lot of people, you know, come into Milwaukee for work and they drive, you know, 30, 40 minutes home. And those are different counties. So Waukesha County to the west of us um, has not had the same limitations as Milwaukee. And if you go out in Waukesha County, it's no different than it's ever been. Um, it doesn't appear that COVID was ever there. And there is, uh, you know, no social distancing. There's no mask wearing. And you drive, you know, back 20 minutes near to the city. I live in Wauwatosa, which is just outside of Milwaukee. And uh, we're kind of on the border where masks are not required, but they're recommended um, at most places. You go to the grocery store, you know, there's um, a line out the door and um, distancing at the checkout and to come in, they're handing you masks. But down in Milwaukee, in the city of Milwaukee, just a few miles east, it's still very closed, very shut down. It's hard to go anywhere to get anything to eat. Um, most indoors dining is still shut down. Um, bars and restaurants are at 25% capacity. So I don't know what it's like by you if you're able to go inside or it feels comfortable going inside, but it's very, very split where I'm at, depending on where you are. Yeah. Well, where we are, I'm in basically in Florida, which is Florida is now getting tagged as the epicenter of the United States. We have so many cases, but it's, it's isolated in a lot of pockets. So South Florida is like one of the main areas and Orlando, Orange County is another main county, which isn't in my county, but that's the county Disney's in. But it seems like what's happening is we're just kind of like rolling with it and taking like precautions, like in those isolated areas. And now everywhere we have to pretty much wear masks um, just as a precaution, just to keep, you know, just to be as safe as possible. But Disney is opening July 11th and restaurants are at 50% capacity right now. And, you know, depending on where you go, it's, you know, it's a little bit, tiny bit back to normal, but the mall, for example, maybe, maybe 60% of the stores are still closed. You Mm -hmm. know, some of the stores are open and they're taking social distancing, only allowing so many people in the store at this, you know, at once. And, you just have to be very patient is I think like the best thing that businesses can do. But I mean, I'm just noticing different things like from a marketing and PR standpoint, what businesses are doing to really change their messaging and making it easy for, you know, for example, the restaurant we went to last night at Disney Springs, they have the QR code on the table that instead of them handing you a menu, you just bring up the QR code on your phone. So you don't ever have to touch the menu and the menus you know, that's just one less thing. But if you think about it, that's like super efficient. It doesn't have to be just COVID. It could Mm -hmm. be, that just could be a kind of a standard. So I think that we've created some efficiencies that we didn't have that maybe will make things less expensive and easier Mm -hmm. to do. And, you know, it's going to be a new normal. Um, Well, it's funny because when you were on the hustle and flow chart, interview the other week you said how Instagram is the new website and it's so true you know like all of the brands that had to revamp everything just to make a a tiny change versus brands that were able to be agile um, you know it's definitely on the small business side on the restaurant side we're not going to their website to check if they're open and they're 
taking reservations or letting people sit down, we're going to their Instagram and right. the, the Google My Business page too. I mean, everything's being done via mobile on the fly. We were trying to find somewhere to eat on their anniversary and the three places that we thought of, it was a um, Thursday afternoon, um, weren't open and we didn't find that out from their website. We found that out from their social channels. So I just think it's, you know, definitely the time is now for, for businesses in social. And I think there used to be, um, you know, the frequency of social and even big, big brands, big business, the, you know, pre-planned one post a day kind of thing or three posts a week, you know, some brands post much less than that. It's, it's definitely a much more frequent necessity at this point. Brands need to be publishing on the regular to get their status out there. It's, it's really the communication method that small brands and big need to be using to communicate with their followers. Definitely, definitely. The whole brand journalism concept is kind of taking a new life of its own with, with COVID and the pandemic and being able to just like be able to report, go live and here's what's happening at, at whether it's a restaurant or the business and, you know, even super creative um, ways that small retailers are able to do just a Facebook live. Um, here's what just came in today. If you're interested, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, you know, you can buy it and we'll just bring it out to you type of thing. So, I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're coming up with creative ways to, to sell and to, and to stay in business. And one really, I, I mean, I, I love what some of the hotels are doing. So, I mean, obviously all, most of the hotels have been shut down, but they've been offering, you know, the hotel experiences via some products or services or, you know, different things that they're selling online to keep people engaged, um, whether it's content that is has some synergy with the hotel brand or it's um, it's just different products and services that people can buy and just like stay in touch with that, that hotel brand or that travel brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about you know, all of the products that I love when we stay at the W and, right. and, you know, wanting to take that home with me and just missing that experience of having those extra bottles on the counter. And I mean, tourism right now is just obviously hurting so, so badly that my husband and our family businesses are all tourism based and this is the time of year where um we we use the money from this season to pay our bills for the rest of the year and and that's you know it's just not coming in so thinking about ways that um hotels and tourism businesses can stay in touch as an example i just got an email from the um shuttle service that we use when we go to mexico saying you know this is what we're doing to keep everybody safe as we're opening back up and that's just you know, puts that peace of mind and that kind of just ease in your brain to think, okay, well, maybe we could go back to Mexico. And I know that, you know, as the government talks about the next package and stimulus, if, if that's coming down the road, um, that there's discussion about some of it being for travel incentive within the U.S. So instead of it just being income, uh, having those, I think it's $2,400 being a, a travel incentive, which would be incredible for our business. A, it shows that it's safe to travel. And B, it shows that, you know, we need to support small businesses. And, you know, I, I think it's still painting through the picture of is, is it safe and what are the health concerns that we need to keep in mind? And, you know, you hear on the news how certain states are peaking and now Florida's peaking again. Well, where's, you know, where's the line and, and 
using social media and, and just being as transparent from the brand as possible of this is what we're doing, this is what we're not doing is what's going to help keep customers feeling comfortable. Definitely, definitely. I think another thing that's come out of the whole pandemic, which we're still in, is just reassessing priorities and, um, you know, health and wellness is top of mind and being, you know, having space in your house where you can work from home and be productive and not feel like you're working 24 seven. Um, so what have you come up with any tips or ways that you've made adjustments since you've come back from eternity where now it's this new normal of work from home? Definitely is continue exercise. You know, keep that space and that time for you, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, I'm, I'm used to at least an hour of exercise a day. And as you know, mom, I'm kind of prioritizing. Uh, I don't get that long anymore, but at least I get something. I just have to because, um, you know, even going from working at an office to working at home, you're, you're taking out the steps that you had going to the conference room or going to the kitchen or going to the next floor. Um, so, and I've, I've heard a lot of people just complain about, well, you know, my, I'm uncomfortable and my, my back hurts and, and sitting so long, you've got to take those walking and talking breaks like you and I do. It's having conference calls on a walk instead of sitting at a computer and really paying attention to the chair that you're sitting in and your posture and just taking the time and space for you in between meetings, whether that's, you know, putting a busy notification on your calendar to get up and walk away if you need that or if you just need a reminder to kind of pause. I think it's easy and it's definitely efficient for, for getting work done to be at home and to be, you know, kind of secluded, but you just you don't want to overdo it. And, you know, I think about all the brands that have these massive corporate offices that are empty and what that's going to look like downtown Milwaukee and these empty corporate businesses and what that's going to turn into. Um, it's just, it's definitely going to be a, a continued evolution and, really a revolution. We were going to keep seeing time going a lot faster, I think, than we have in the past. Yeah, definitely. I was watching this special over the weekend, and it was about um, interviewing mental health experts, like um, therapists. And what they were saying was that they kind of were, they, they had all this momentum like right when right when the pandemic started and it was like this surge of energy of like oh you know i'm gonna like do everything i can to to help or or get these projects done or you know it was like a an opportunity to really like go full force and i and i kind of related to that because i feel like right when the pandemic started and i knew that i didn't have travel my daughter was home from school um, you know, you know how I took on the whole podcast project where launching social PR secrets and I was just like going, like I had all this adrenaline, like going, going, mm -hmm. going. I was like so excited and I was like, you know, getting so much done. And even though I was stuck at home and then after like four to six weeks of that straight, you kind of crash and burn. You realize yeah. like, okay, this actually was a little bit like now I realize what's going on, but it just the adrenaline just kind of like kept me going. I was actually talking to, to Joe Laratro about that too. He worked, he owns another agency and he let all, everybody was working from home. So he was fine coming into his office every day working by himself. 
And after doing that for two months straight, being the only one and like, you know, he's used to traveling and going to conferences just like me, but then, you know, you get burned out from just mm-hmm. sitting and just, I know. if you yeah. think about like how much work you're actually putting in with like no, you know, Zoom meetings, but no real meetings. And you just, so I was hearing that mental health experts got burned out from like doing that just you know, trying to help everybody for like six to eight weeks straight. So I think that I saw that happen to me. So now it's just, you know, the, the first six weeks were kind of, I thought they were easy. And now the last four weeks, I'm kind of like reeling it in saying, okay, I have to get back to yoga. I have to get back to meditation. I have to actually get up, like get up and walk. Mm-hmm. You were on maternity. We weren't walking and talking as much <laughs> Yeah. during the pandemic. There's definitely the need for mindfulness and gratefulness and it's so easy to just get stuffed into your computer and especially when you're used to you know being up and moving around or even driving to work you know all of those times you kind of take for granted of those are you time right so whether you're you know listening to a podcast and you drive to work if you're listening to music or you know just kind of like shutting your brain off for your 15 20 minute drive you don't have that anymore two days a week or two times a day that's really a a lot of missed opportunity for you and yourself and you know me being a new mom I I already lost a lot of that so um, it's just making that time and that space to continue to, to know what you need to do for you and also just be grateful for for what you have in the situation that you're in I mean so many of us and so many of our friends are laid off are on furlough have lost their job and when you know we're having the ability to come to work every day it there's there's a lot to be said about just being thankful for what you have yeah i think it's safe to say that um 2020 is um pretty much the majority it's it was the toughest moments for whatever everybody's been through whether it's Mm -hmm. business or personal i found this article um over the weekend in health magazine it's called bounce forward how to heal and grow from our toughest moments and it it's so good like i'll I'll share it in the notes but just some of the things it, it talks about is you know how how hard times can teach you compassion and mm-hmm. i feel like the pandemic has definitely taught a lot of people that maybe they thought they were they had compassion they were but they really didn't or they didn't realize the lack of it or they didn't know i think it's taught a lot of businesses to be compassionate as well as humans Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point last year, I was looking, I believe it's called the Institute for Mind- Mindfulness and it's, um, we'll s- send the link over for the show notes, but it's essentially training for corporate executives to help them balance their brain from the left to the right side. So left side, super analytical, every executive is always talking about the numbers and the growth in the business. And obviously that's what pays the employees but there's that other right side, that creative side, that more human side that is sometimes takes training to, to, to recognize and to realize. And especially as a lot of you know, small businesses don't necessarily have an HR staff that's helping them think through those practices. Um, I believe it was like a two week boot camp that you went to at this institute um, just to help executives kind of take a pause from what they're doing on the day to day and bring them back into you know, how can we support our, our staff and our team? And, you know, that was the, the reason that I came back to the buyer group is because that's what the buyer group offered to me is that, you know, 
piece in that space and also, you know, the innovation and the, in the drive. Um, so it's really hard to find a, a company, a brand that has both of those sides of the brain. And I, I think as, you know, we're experiencing today with so many of the mental health breakdowns and, you know, so many of the personal struggles blend, blending into work struggles, we can't separate it anymore without everybody's kids home. It's not like you can say, oh, you know, I'm able to work these eight hours because my kid's at school and then there's pre and post daycare. It's no, my kid's at home with me and, and I have to balance these things. So I, I do think that this, this last season was definitely a, a course in mindfulness for, for everybody. And I just hope that a lot of that blends into um, what brands and executives are, you are continuing in their practices that it doesn't just fall off and, and go for, you know, wasted, wasted time. You know, everybody says everybody can't wait for 2021. And I really do feel like there's so many important lessons that have been learned that this year that um, we, we should be grateful for them. So my favorite example of like how, like just everything is adapted to the new normal or the new situation. So first of all, do you remember there was this interview that this guy was doing on CNN? He was in his home office and, um, his two-year-old yeah. came in through the door and then the uh-huh. wife or the nanny came after and it was like this whole big it like went viral you know yes it was yes. like okay that could happen to anybody but that was just like this you know that was before the pandemic so now we're watching the today show being basically produced you know in everybody's home with Carson Daly's kids making up the little show cards for his pop daily or whatever it's called you know in mm-hmm. writing you know, and Jimmy Fallon is doing basically the same thing. I mean, they, they've gotten a little bit better, but, um, you know, it's just, everybody's a little bit forgiving because, you know, this is what, this is what we have. Otherwise the show would not go on. So it's just like, what do you do so that the show goes on and you just, you know, use your iPhone and, you know, so use funny. a card that's like handwritten and. Well, it's authenticity. <laughs> and that's yeah. one of the key factors of content marketing. You know, when I spoke on content marketing, authenticity is, you know, number one, right next to agility, right next to brand driven, right next to relevant. Um, and I love, love, love all of the ads that have been put up during the pandemic shot on the iPhone, vertical video. I can't even tell you how many creatives I've fought um, in my past that would refuse to shoot anything vertically because it wasn't showing the whole landscape. And it's like, this is how the world consumes their media is vertically in their phones. So I just absolutely love that. And I remember seeing this weekend, a, a AT&T commercial, it was shot like quasi, it was, it was just, it was overproduced, but the intention of it was it started by the girl saying, Hey, I'm working from home and all of the screen behind her was this like beautifully like set and staged like plant here, picture here. And that's just not what we're dealing with today. Right. So I really think that brand missed the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing from that article it said was, um, you know, just to savor the moment, savor the little things. So, you know, like everywhere in the whole U S the gyms were shut down and yoga studios were shut down and, you know, my husband is like, he is, he does, goes to the gym at the same time every day, comes home at the same time every day. Like he has this ritual. And when he couldn't go to the gym, 
you know, <laughs> he's like home an hour early. And, you know, so we ended up like just figuring it out. We went for a walk every night, you know, to the center of our town and back and walked 10,000 steps or whatever. And it was actually like very healthy for our relationship. And we would have never done that if we weren't in the pandemic. We just, we, maybe we walk like once a week when we're, you know, it, it, and it's like, oh, we have to make it a point to walk. But mm-hmm. this was just like, he came home every night. We just walked and we did our, it became our new routine, but it was really, became like very special. And I was kind of bummed when the gyms opened up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> we, we stopped doing it as much. So yeah, it's just like, and also giving yourself credit is another thing. It's like, you know, you feel like you really didn't do that much all day because you've been sitting, you know, just not really leaving or having interactions or that much engagement. And you, you know, have to give yourself credit for accomplishing even the little things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one lesson that I've taught myself and heard from others since having a baby is just grace. Just give yourself grace. You know, there's going to be time where you're not going to have the exact outcome that you want and accept it, move on with grace. I love that. We've seen a lot of things with also with our clients over the past, you know, month where they've had to adapt, you know, it's like adapt or die. You have to completely focus on, you know, not just new business, but customer retention is huge. And, you know, some of the, you know, we've had to brainstorm ideas on on how to do that. And what does that look like? And I think it just circles back to like what you were saying, just, you know, having a relationship, a personal relationship as much as possible with your customers from a brand standpoint and being authentic and being real and how, how do you achieve that? So I'm just giving one example that we recommended is just, you know, Facebook groups for different, different levels of of customers, you know, not all customers created equal. I'm just going to use Starbucks as the example, but if Starbucks had a Facebook group for their soccer mom customers and just them, you know, they would be different mm-hmm. than the college students. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a must act quick world even more than it was before. And especially with all of the messaging and the, you know, tiptoeing around or j- jumping, jumping right in to, the conversation today, whether it's COVID, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's, you know, business as usual, um, just a lot of, a lot of thoughtfulness needs to be put into place as you determine what messaging are you putting out there. And the, the best way to be thoughtful is to put it in writing, think about it, move on for, to something else and then come back and then act. You know, whether you need a couple levels of approval great, do that, get some other eyes set on it, but use the brand voice, tap into where the brand comes from, what the brand can speak to, what's going to be authentic to the brand, and put that out there. Um, You know, there's always going to be trolls, there's always going to be negative feedback, social media is a two-way conversation, and it's intended to be that way. You know, I've seen a lot, a lot of fails over these last few weeks, and that's how you learn. You pick your bootstraps up and you correct yourself you apologize and you move forward and I've seen just a lot of a, a lot of that and it's it's only going to help this environment and these channels become what they are intended to be you know social media was developed as a way to connect friends to friends and um, the best way for brands to keep their customers and to have 
retention is to, you know, treat their customers as they would treat their friends. And a, a lot of that can be done by the right words at the right time. Yeah. And I think something can be um, taken from a personal development tip that I heard, I've heard in the past, but it was given to, to me and to my daughter recently, just going through a tough time and that's personal jur- journaling. So if you take that exercise, you know, having a journal and writing down things every day, what you're thinking about, if you take that and translate it into business development and, you know, everybody on your team has a business journal where they're writing down their ideas every day, those ideas get documented and then, you know, shared when, when it, when the time is right so that everybody can have a contribution at least, or at least get it out of their system, write it down. And then, like you said, they look at it and it's like, you know, well, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's good, but that's not what we're going to do right now, but that's, you know, keep going. And mm-hmm. it lets them keep going with that. Yeah, I'm, I definitely do that. And I, that's one of the ways that I stay organized is in my notes I have just on my computer and on my phone, they sync together. I'll just write myself, you know, a, a five minute note. If I have a lot to say, if I just want a reminder, it's just a couple words and I come back to it. And if it's something that I need to deal with immediately, I'll email it to myself, whether it's just a quick subject line. I was just going to say, you do that in the middle of the night to yourself. You told me <laughs> you, turn, you wake up, send yourself an email yeah. and go back to sleep. I do. <laughs> Otherwise, because it's like a dream about things that I probably, you know, should have other dreams at night, but work comes to mind often. Um, so no, but it's, it's, it's good because um, thoughts can be fleeting and sometimes you, you tap into the right thought at the wrong time. And um, that's just another one of those ways to give yourself space is to, you know, don't dwell on a thought in the middle of the night, even if you think it's a good one, uh, write it down, move on, come back to it. If it's still good, then you can progress on it. Yeah, definitely. I think another good thing that's come out of all of this, a, a silver lining is that everybody has had to just completely stop. Nobody's traveling. There's no conferences. Nobody can say, oh, I'm traveling that week. I can't take that call. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody is now in this, you know, kind of like self-examination mode and also business examination mode. They're, you know, our clients are paying more attention than ever and it's good. You know, Mm -hmm. we're, we're actually getting more done and getting more feedback because they're able to focus more and they're not as spread thin. I feel like that for myself too. I look back a year ago on my camera roll, like just trying to find pictures and I looked the whole month of May last year and what I did in one month is disgusting. It's so much. I was in so many different places and it looked like in the pictures I was having a great time or I looked fine. But when I'm looking at it, I'm like, that is really very toxic how much Mm -hmm. travel and how overscheduled not just me, but, you know, everybody was at, in that mode of just having to have everything scheduled every day or doing as much as possible in a one month period or summer vacation and seeing people and being obligated to see friends and then businesses. It's just, when you think about it, it was really crazy for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think about what's happened in these last couple of months and how much more my home space means to me now, just, you know, the beautification of it, the comfort level uh, you know, the, the spaces that I have for myself to get away. And, and I think about the six months ago, if, if you were Home Depot or you were Lowe's or you were a furnishing company, you know, how could you have prepared for this? I, I know, you know, there's a lot in the, 
logistics side that have just been held up. You can't buy a bike now to save yourself because mm-hmm. all bikes have been gobbled up and it's, it's just hindsight and reflection is, is always something that we can learn from. And, and that's what I think um, we should do. Even when we come out of things where there's been, you know, a miscommunication or um, a brand has, has fumbled, it's better than, you know, saying nothing at all. And there's, you can go back and you can do a SWOT analysis of what happened and, you know, what were the strengths, what were the threats, what were the opportunities and what were the weaknesses and spend some time with that and learn and grow. Yeah, definitely. And one of the tips from this article was create a haven, whether it's a work haven or your personal home haven, and just make yourself as, put the self-care into your work as much as it is into your your personal. Even in, you know, my husband's in the, the, you know, home building business and things are changing, you know, people are taking a, another look at how they're structuring their house and what they have so that they can make it as comfortable as possible. And from the inside out, mm-hmm. we are almost out of time. So just one more question. I want to see what, um, what are some of your favorite apps, whether it's um, meditation or social, like, do you have any that you love? Well, I'm really into TikTok right now, mostly because I need the escape. <laughs> and it's just, there's just some really hilarious baby videos on there, dog videos. And I just die. I just, <laughs> I'm really consuming a lot of TikTok right now. And then Instagram is always going to be my favorite. I love the visual nature of it. You know, Facebook really bothers me. Um, but I still, um, you know, even to my maternity announcement, I, I am a proponent of unique content across channels and, so as an example, Father's Day yesterday, I posted a different photo on Facebook as I did on Instagram. And, um, you know, I just, I spend a lot of time in social, always have. Um, I've been spending a lot more time on LinkedIn, talking to some of my past colleagues and some people that I want to stay in touch with just to see what's happening in their industry and um, just trying to stay connected. I mean, that's why I've always been so drawn to social is just the opportunity to connect and to connect from afar and what's interesting about TikTok is that I don't know any of these people yet. I still have a glimpse into their lives and an ability to, you know, connect with others outside of my circle. Definitely. So I feel like I don't spend as much time personally on social as I really want to, because it's just always like, I don't know. I feel like I'm always on it from, from a business standpoint, but one of the apps that I love right now is um, 10% happier. It's a meditation Mm -hmm. app. And they have a bunch of courses. So I have the paid version. And so right now, Don and I are doing the communication and relationship course. And it's five minutes a day of just kind of like a talk, like, and then 10 minutes of a meditation that kind of backs up that talk. But it, it's really good. And there's, I don't know how many, there's probably hundreds of courses besides just the regular meditation. So I don't know. I just like love learning. <laughs> yes, same. Never stop learning. That's, yeah. that's my motto. Yeah. All right. Well, this was really fun. We're going to do these. We're going to just pop up and do these once or twice a month um, and just talk about current events and what's happening. But thank you so much, Sarah, for joining. And we will catch up with you later. Namaste. Yeah. Namaste.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.